Hello, this is Miles Autism Homeschool, and we were formerly known as Real Life Moms by Laura Hurd. So if you're here and you've been listening for a while, you remember our name then, and we have changed that to Miles Autism Homeschool. I felt the need to change that to properly reflect what we discuss here with our friends and so that's why that happened. Um, today is a Wednesday. It's December 1st of 2021. And it's been a while since I have been in this space with you guys. And I have been praying that God would give me <laughs> what it is that he would like for me to talk with you about. Um, really, I've just been going through some personal things that have been... Um, that hasn't allowed me the capacity to be able to have the inspiration that I needed um, because I've been focusing more on my health and some things with that. Um, so that's why I've been absent for the most part. Um, I'm still going through that this season with my health. And so if you know me personally, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but if you don't, I have recently, I have rheumatoid arthritis and recently I have um, had to use a wheelchair and it's been going downhill the past, you know, few years, but here in the past year to six months, it my knees have really taken a turn for the worst. And so just coping with those changes and everything else. And, you know, when you're going through something like that, you really don't have a capacity um, other than to focus on what you really. Hey. hey. There's Miles. Hey. <laughs> so, you you know, you're focusing on taking care of yourself and your family and, of course, our homeschool um, and my oldest son. And um, so life still goes on. In spite of, you know, for me being immobile, life is still happening. So I've had to navigate that and it has been challenging. And so, but thankfully we have a great support system with family and friends and church family. Um, and some of those kind of weave in and out of the same environments. So we're very thankful um, for that. And so I came here today because I had an inspiration. I was so thankful to have something to share with you all because I really do hope that what I share does help a mom out there. And so this is talking about occupational therapy. And it's also, I'm going to be talking about this is probably mostly geared toward moms that have recently, fairly recently, found out that their child has autism or really maybe another special need that um, requires them to attend any kind of therapy. Occupational therapy is on my mind because we saw Miles' occupational therapy t therapist today. Um, her name is Miss Miller. And she has been a godsend. And that that is the least <laughs> I could say about her. I could say so much about Miss Miller. 
and her heart, and she does have a heart, and she is so smart um, to take care of these kids, and she is very creative, and she knows Miles. She, and I would, I don't know, but if I had to guess, I would say that she probably does this for all of her kiddos, but she really takes time to get to know Miles. She treats him like an individual, and she genuinely gets excited when she sees progress and tears. We t- we've cried together, we've laughed together, we've celebrated, um, we've struggled together trying to figure out, you know, which direction to go and all of the thing, all of the things. So, my advice would be if you have a child that needs to attend any kind of therapy. Um, The reason I'm talking about occupational therapy as well is because we have had to really go through two other occupational therapists before we found our Miss Miller. And I did share about this on my Instagram and TikTok and Facebook because Every time it seems like we see Miss Miller, I'm just so, so thankful. And today, we, we hadn't seen her the past two weeks. Um, one was because she was out of the office for Thanksgiving. And then the week prior, Miles was sick, I believe. So, <laughs> we were very anxious and excited to see her. And because we had the experience that we did with having to go through two other occupational therapists to get to her. I believe that just makes me even more grateful for her. Um, So if you're a parent and your child is in a therapy and you either are not, you don't feel like the results that you feel your child, child should be reaching certain goals and they're not doing that, um, Or maybe it's even something that you feel like the therapist is not doing things the right way, like um, stepping over boundaries, being unprofessional, I guess is the word that I'm looking for. Um, And this was also, I am in a a group on Facebook. I cannot remember if it's a, the, I'm in an autism homeschooling group um, and some other groups related to autism. So I'm not sure exactly which one it was in, but a parent had shared that she was uncomfortable with the way that her child's therapist was touching her child. And it was amazing She shared her story and specific examples of what was happening in the therapy room. She was in there with the therapist um, after one incident happened when she was not in the room. The child had a, a scrape or something, and then she requested to go in the room the next session. And when I read what she had written to me as a parent... And knowing what I know through the many years that Miles has been in therapy, um, I would say that the therapist's behavior was very inappropriate. And (laughs) that post had so many comments 
and all of them, even from occupational therapists themselves that were in the group because their child has autism and they just happen to be occupational therapists. So they came to the comment section to voice their opinion in the matter and it seemed resounding and I'm so glad that that mom had that support and I even commented on it. Sometimes I don't, well, I should say most of the time I don't, I just kind of, you know, if something pops up in my timeline um, and I read something, I'll say a prayer or if I feel the need to comment, if I have personal experience with something that I feel confident to share, then I'll share. But that was one of those things. And I told the mom, and this is what I want to share with you, friends, is what I told that mom, basically, in essence, that she does not need to feel guilty or feel bad about the feelings that she was having. First and foremost, it was obvious that she has her child's best interest in mind. Sometimes I believe that we can be tempted with thinking that we're being overprotective. Uh, um, As a special needs parent, I think that we do have to view things in a different angle, in a different light. And I do not think that we can really be over analytical about certain things. I think it does require a healthy dose of consideration analyzing, and of course, praying about a situation. But I also do believe there are circumstances when us as mothers, we have a maternal instinct that kind of like, you know, pricks us. And in this situation, the mom had been pricked by that maternal instinct or whatever it was God was showing her. And she had the courage to come to the group and reached out in in questioning, hey, you know, what do you guys think? So I was very, you know, that that made for that mom that made me feel toward her like I was so thankful that she had the courage to do that and that she didn't immediately, or she didn't let negative thinking consume her like, well, I'm just being, you know, if I post this, people are going to think I'm overreacting, different things like that. So I was very thankful that she was able to get the help that she needed, because let me tell you, there was a lot of good advice in that comment section from professionals, from moms that have been there like myself, or um, not in that specific um, case, but you know, we have had to work through some things with therapists. And so this is what I want to say as well. This podcast was not, I'm not coming here today to condemn people, um, therapists. And what I'm coming here today is to say that, you know, it's okay to do what's best for your child. And it's okay to walk away from something if it's if it's not helping your child and for most importantly you have to understand that there will be seasons along this journey so with miles when he was first diagnosed when he was around two years old um he was immediately put in speech therapy and immediately put in occupational therapy. At that time, he did not have any type of communication. He was screaming and he was slamming doors. That was his communication. 
And when he was in occupational therapy, he simply, and you know, this is just how I approached, approached it. And this is why I took him out is because I felt like, and it was really a motherly instinct because I mean, this is my first, this is my first rodeo, so to speak with autism. So, you know, I don't have all the answers. I don't think even professionals have all the answers because of how every child is so different. But I just felt led to pull him out because I felt like he just was not ready. You know, that's that's basically it. So we waited, a li- I pulled him out, waited a little bit, maybe six months to a year, maybe six to eight months, if I'm remembering right. I can't remember exactly. I was able to get him in with another therapist at a totally different facility. So that went on for a little bit. And honestly, I can't remember exactly why I decided to pull him out. But I do remember feeling like um, it just wasn't helping. It wasn't helping him in the way that I felt like it should be helping him. I felt like there was just something missing. And And that's okay. And not only that, but in both circumstances, and this is not, I'm not blaming the therapist for this. This is just the general nature of someone that has autism, even from two years old all the way up to, you know, adulthood, because I I follow many adults that have been diagnosed with autism that are autistic. And they say, they, they deal with the same thing, which is, if they are being put in a position like a social situation or what have you, they have to decompress. They have to have time after the fact to decompress. Well, Miles, where he didn't have enough capacity to come to work within that therapy setting, he was decompressing very like for a long period of time after the therapy sessions. I'm talking about like the rest of the day plus the next day and it was just dysregulated and I felt like that was just too much for him and I wanted to kind of reel it back and say okay I get that you're having to decompress for this length of time and that's obviously putting you in a place in a position where you're stressed out because he was he didn't know, understand language. There were so many things that were playing into him being stressed out um, and not knowing what to do and being, you know, having these requests made upon him. And it was just so much for him. So thankfully, I recognized that. I was able to reel it in, pull him out, you know, both in both cases. And so we waited another period of time. Can't remember from that point. Maybe it it was another year. And God sent us to Miss Miller. And so once we got in with Miss Miller, you know, I obviously was still like aware and looking for clues and cues. I did feel that Miles had progressed to a place where he did have a a larger capacity to cope with requests that were going to be 
made of him because it's it's all about lovingly stretching them. It's not about putting them in a position to where you're literally forcing them. Like it's literal force, like do this. And then you're just suffocating them and expecting to get results. And then them having to deal with not only that in the session, but after the fact as they're decompressing. So what we found with Miss Miller as time, was, time went on, and it was very quickly I recognized that she understood Miles. She understood the nature of autism. She understood what I wanted to see. Like, really, mostly, you know, I'm not, I re- we do have goals, but I'm more oriented toward Miles's, um, the lovingly stretching part. I'm more oriented toward knowing when he's completely stressed out and when and when we need to reel it in. I'm more oriented toward that than I am wanting him to perform a certain way. And I felt like Miss Miller understood that. She respected that. Still does to this day. And I'm really I'm literally te- tearing up right now talking about it because it is such a perfect fit and she has helped him so much and I I believe that yes he has made tremendous progress but I believe that because there that she respects that and or she you know really not respects just understands the nature of autism she's been able to get him to to goals quicker because she knows when he needs a break she gives him she works in these fun games during her sessions and you know maybe these other therapists were doing that as well but he they you know maybe they were asking too much of him for too long of a period of time based on his capabilities at the time and his capacity at the time of language understanding, um, focus, and all, you know, so many things that play into it. So, lastly, these are some things that you need to consider as you are enrolling your child into therapies, or maybe they're already enrolled in therapies, is think about your child's capacity in emotional capacity, their physical capacity, because Miles does have some deficits when it comes to um, physical ability. Um, as far as, let's say something, just an example, is tying his shoes, putting on a jacket. He's working on that right now. Um, so emotional capacity, physical capacity, language understanding capacity. That one is at the top of our list because that has been the biggest hurdle that we're having to work on jumping um, and so depending on your child's specific diagnosis, of course, autism usually comes with, um, comorbid diagnoses that play into how therapy will affect them. So consider all of these things, consider your child's own personality. Are they able to overcome or are they able to strive or maybe they give up and they need extra um, time to decompress, you know, you have to consider all of these things. And 
voice your opinion and let your therapist know about your child. The more that they understand your child, the better they're going to be able to work with them and not against them (laughs) in the therapy room. Maybe they have a certain protocol that they they go by that's just simply not going to work for your child and they need to be more flexible on their part. You know, and if you're recognizing this and maybe you're voicing, you know, what you think would help and like you don't see anything changing and your child's stressed out and they're decompressing afterwards, you know, those signs usually can clue you in to say, hey, we're going to take a step back either. Maybe your child's capacity isn't where it needs to be for whatever they're asking them to do um, or just, you know, in the therapy room setting altogether. Or maybe you just do need to seek out a new therapist. Um, In the case of the mom that had posted in that private Facebook group, you know, she obviously, for different reasons, because her child was being put in a position to where really their privacy and um, was being invaded, um, just the way it was just a, a very awkward situation when I read it. I was very surprised. And so, you know, those are obvious, you know, red flags. So I hope this has helped. And I hope that if you are feeling led, that maybe your child is not, you know, you need to pull them out of that therapy setting. It's okay. It is completely okay. Your child is right where they need to be. You know, you're doing the work. You're praying every single day. You're asking God to show you and show you, give you wisdom and show you which direction you need to go. I mean, God is going to take care of your child through you and through these professionals. So, you know, the, the best the best advice is to rest in His peace. And it does get stressful um, because you do want the best for your child. And so when these things happen, you're, you think, at least I thought, you know, I had a worry that um, he was going to get behind because we were taking these breaks. But it was exactly what he needed. And that helped him grow, even though we weren't actively in therapy for periods of time. He was able to progress on God's timetable. And God knew that, you know, he had Miss Miller waiting. So, you know, trust that. And don't feel guilty if you do have to pull them out. You know, you know your child the best. So I hope you all have a wonderful rest of the week. And thank you so much for listening. I have created an option to subscribe. This is a new feature, and so I'm not very familiar with it yet, but because Anchor recently gave this option for podcasters to be able to make available to their listeners, for listeners, it's basically listener-supported. So when I take time to make the podcast you know, that's time away from what I have going on. And so it does support us and it helps us to do what we do here in our homeschool and things like that. Um, so look for the subscribe option and we would love to have you subscribe and 
pray for us and pray for me as I'm going through this health journey (laughs) and pray that I can find that inspiration to be able to to come here and and talk to you talk to you all Miles sees a truck out the window and uh, because I love doing this I love coming here and being able to share what we have learned in this journey because I I needed this when I was going when we first got our diagnosis and that and I did and I sought out resources to help guide me so hopefully this is a guidance to you so have a great Wednesday you want to tell them bye bye all right see you guys next time